Okay, in session five of uh, our series, Knowing the Father, I'm going to be talking about the Father's comfort. This is most definitely not a topic. This is an experience. It's an expression of love that goes right to the core of our deep pain. And I believe we all need to experience the Father's comfort. I've also discovered it's something we don't talk about, let alone allow ourselves to experience. And so as we go through this brief session, I want to encourage you to receive comfort, even as I'm speaking, and then take time at the end just to allow the Father to comfort you. The dictionary gives us a good definition of comfort. Comfort brings relief from pain, distress or affl affliction, it satisfies and strengthens within, provides a sense of well-being and quiet enjoyment. And isn't that something we all need? You know, before I look at comfort, I just want to look at a passage in scripture which talks about what it's like when we don't receive comfort. Solomon wrote this in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 1 to 3. You know, at the end of his long life, his conclusion is pretty stark. You know, a life only has meaning when we encounter our creator. And without that encounter, it's a meaningless life. But this is what he writes about being uncomforted. Again, I observed all the oppression that takes place under the sun. I saw the tears of the oppressed with no one to comfort them. The oppressors have great power and their victims are helpless. And I concluded that the dead are better off than the living. But most fortunate of all are those who have not yet been born, for they have not seen all the evil that is done under the sun. That's tragic. Living a life without comfort is tragic. And Solomon you know, sees it there, you know, we're better off dead. Actually, we're better off not to be born than to have to live without comfort. See, comfort is something we all need to experience. We all suffer loss and any loss is traumatic. You know, when we're emotionally empty, we need comfort. When we're in shock, we need comfort. When we're alone, abandoned, in pain, sick, wounded, rejected, and of course, when we suffer bereavement, the loss of a loved one, you know, we all experience trauma because loss always brings trauma. And whenever we experience that loss and that trauma, we need to be comforted. And I've discovered that we need to experience comfort in a greater measure than the loss or the trauma that we've experienced. We need to be comforted um, in a greater way than the pain or the wound that we've experienced. Otherwise, part of that wounding, part of that pain remains in our heart and we carry it around. It's like a weight that's there with us. and We get used to it after a while. But if we can allow ourselves to receive more comfort than the loss or the trauma that we've experienced, then we will be truly comforted. See, loss is not just the things that have been taken from us or stolen from us. It's, it's also the things that we've longed for, like the desires, our dreams, our, our longings, things that we've never received. 
we need to be comforted for that because that, even though we've never received it, that's actually a loss. And we need to allow ourselves to be comforted. I see comfort being, being a bit like this. It's like the trauma is a heavy weight in the bottom of our heart. And the Father's comforting love goes down the inside edges of that container. The Father's comforting love goes down underneath that trauma. And the more comfort we receive, it, be, it begins to cause that trauma to float up to the top and then be eventually washed away. That's why we need to receive more comfort than the trauma, because the comfort allows the trauma to be washed away. If we don't receive enough comfort, yeah, we've been comforted, but the trauma, the pain, the loss is still in our heart. Psalm 119 verse 76, King David writes this, May your unfailing love be my comfort according to your promise to your servant. Whenever we experience loss, whenever we experience trauma, we need to be comforted. You know, a big part of loss is, is the grief and the mourning process of losing something. Mourning, I believe, is the process of walking through the grief. Grief comes with many emotions, shock, denial, pain, anger, guilt, despair, loneliness, and all of those emotions are a part of the grief and we feel them, it's natural. Um, and mourning is the process of walking through that grief and all the ups and downs that come in, come along with it. And, you know, sometimes a period of mourning can take a long time. And I don't think we're very good at letting ourselves mourn, but if we can let ourselves mourn, we can allow that grief to be worked through us and worked out of us. And Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 4, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And I, I want to say it's okay to mourn. It's okay to grieve. And the process is different for everybody. You know, some people think you should get over it and be, be, be out the other end, you know, by tomorrow. Sometimes that happens. Other times it takes longer. And other times we have to just sit in that process and let the grief work through all the various stages of emotion. But in that process of mourning, we shall be comforted. And I, I want to encourage you, if, if you're suffering loss, if you're, you're, you're grieving, if you're going through a, a season of mourning, make it your priority to receive comfort in that time. Because it's comfort that brings wholeness and strength and freedom to our hearts. We all need to be comforted. See, if we don't allow ourselves to be comforted by the perfect love of the Father, we will seek comfort in other areas. You know, relationships, sex, drugs, pornography, shopping, food, you know, all sorts of different things, even our work or our Ministry can be like a false comfort to us. And, you know, in a sense, they work, but they're like medicine. They work for a few moments. They last for a few days, a few weeks, and then we have to take more. 
But when we receive the comforting love of the Father, it's, it's, it brings complete healing and it sets us free. And we find that we don't need to run to these false comforts anymore. False comforts work, but they only work for a period of time. And we become dependent on them. But the comforting love of the Father brings total healing. Comfort, when we are comforted, when we are truly comforted, our heart comes home. When we are truly comforted, we find that place of rest, we find that place of peace, but we also find a place of strength and a place of freedom. And I believe it's, it's possible for all of us to receive so much comfort that we actually begin to live out of the overflow of comfort. We live a comforted life. See, I think the problem is many of us spend time playing catch-up. You know, there's past wounds, past uh, pain, past losses that we've never been comforted for. And so we, we spend a lot of time being comforted for the past. And of course, that's absolutely necessary. We need to go through that process. And we get to the stage where we feel, yeah, all the past is dealt with. And so we stop receiving comfort. But I actually believe the Father wants us to go on and on and on and on, receiving comfort so that we live out of the overflow of a comforted heart, that we're not playing catch up, that we've got a reserve or a reservoir of comfort in us that gives us strength and leads us into a place of freedom. See, comfort brings our hearts home. Isaiah 51 really um, puts this very, very clearly for us. Isaiah 51 verse 3, the Lord will surely comfort Zion. He will look with compassion on all her ruins and he will make her deserts like Eden, her wastelands like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her thanksgiving and the sound of singing. Wow, what a transformation. When we are comforted, our heart changes. The barren desert of our heart becomes a beautiful garden, the garden of the Lord. Comfort transforms, brings life where there wasn't life. It changes. Joy and gladness will be found there. Thanksgiving and the sound of singing. If you look back at um, Lamentations uh, chapter 5, in the end of Lamentations chapter 5, it, it, it's, it's really just a good picture of the orphan heart, to be honest, but it's, it's the complete opposite of Isaiah 51, the prophetic declaration of the transformation that comes about as we are comforted. You know, Lamentations talks about the joy going, the crown going, and sadness coming upon us. You know, and that's what it's like when we are uncomforted. Have a look at Lamentations and then have a look at Isaiah 51. Complete opposite. See, comfort transforms. And, you know, even as I'm speaking now and as we take time at the end, just allow your heart to be comforted and the barren desert that you've carried around inside of you can become the garden a beautiful garden, the garden of the Lord, where joy and sadness will replace the sorrow. See, when we're uncomforted, there's a deep sorrow in our heart. And the Father wants to take that away as he comforts us. If we go on 
a little bit further in Isaiah 51 down to verse 11, we see this homecoming of a comforted heart. Those the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them and sorrow and sighing will flee away. I, even I, am he who comforts you. Wow. When our hearts are comforted, we come home. We return home with singing everlasting joy. Sorrow and sighing flee away. That's something our hearts are desperately in need of. We need to be comforted. In John chapter 14, verse 16, Jesus promises another comforter, a helper who will be with us forever. You know, that implies that Jesus was a comforter. In verse 18, he says, we're not left as orphans. Some translations says, I will not leave you without comfort. See, he wants to comfort us. He wants us to be comforted. He wants us to live a comfort-filled life. Paul, of course, talks about this in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 to 7. You know, we don't know what Paul had been through that enabled him to write this. But, you know, we do read of his sufferings, his, his beatings, his imprisonment, his shipwrecks, even being stoned. And here's the man who's not out for revenge. He's been for, through all of those sufferings, all of those trials and tribulations. And, you know, many of us, you know, our hearts would, would be after revenge. But something has happened in Paul's heart. And he writes these powerful verses in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope is firm, because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. Paul had found that place where the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort had comforted him in all of his troubles. All, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles. There is no area, there is no situation, there is no circumstance that the Father is not able to comfort you in. He comforts us in all our troubles. So that we are comforted, but so that we can also give that comfort away. And that's why we need a reservoir. That's why we need to live out of the fullness of comfort so that we, we can know that we are comforted, that we've experienced his comfort changing and transforming us. But then we give the
the comfort that we've received, we give that away so that other people may be comforted. We read a little bit about that in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, where Paul is, 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 is in prison and he's lonely and he's desperate and Titus comes to visit him. And Titus, just a friend coming, comforts Paul. But also Paul writes this, he says, when we came into Macedonia, we had no rest. We were harassed at every turn, conflicts on the outside, fears within. But God, who comforts the downcast, he comforted us by the coming of Titus. And not only by his coming, but also by the comfort that you had given him. The Corinthians had comforted Titus. And when Titus came to see Paul, that comfort overflowed into Paul's life. Our father is the father of all compassion and the God of all comfort. And we desperately, desperately need to be comforted. Whatever you're going through, whatever circumstance, whatever situation, just allow your heart to be comforted. Take time as this session comes to an end just to say, Father, you are the father of all comfort. Will you pour your comforting love in? You may not be going through a difficult circumstance at this point in time, but maybe tomorrow or next week or next month you will. Why not receive comfort now? Why not allow your heart to be comforted and strengthened so that when that trouble hits, you've got a reservoir, a depth of comfort to live from? We all need to be comforted. He is the Father of all comfort. And if you're experiencing loss or going through trauma, just allow your heart to be comforted now. It's what we all desperately need. How much? How long? I don't know. It takes as long as it takes. And it will be different for each one of us. And so this is not a topic. This is an experience. And my encouragement now is that you just take time just to sit in Father's presence and say, Father, you're the God of all comfort. Will you comfort me and allow my heart to come home, that the desert will be transformed into a beautiful garden. Sadness and sorrow will flee away and joy and gladness will come. Father, Will you come and comfort each one of us right now? Thank you.